Hello, I'm Hannah Bushbaum, co-founder of The W Source. You're listening to The W Wisdom Series. The W Source is an exclusive network of female professionals and service providers who are interested in growing their referral network and their businesses. The Wisdom Series is a forum to hear from the experts within our membership. To learn more about how you can benefit from connecting with professional women across the nation, visit thewsource.com. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah Bushbaum, co-founder and Santa Barbara chapter head of the W Source. You're listening to the W Wisdom series and today's episode, Speaking Up Your Money Life at Work and Home with Sharon Cox, Money Coach at the Money Dance. Today we are joined by Sharon Cox and I'm so excited to have Sharon with us today. Sharon is a member of my chapter here in Santa Barbara and as a financial professional for 30 years, Sharon is a money coach for women coaching private clients and small groups leading interactive workshops, books, speaking engagements throughout her business, The Money Dance. At at the end of today's talk, she's so excited to announce a brand new program, Women and Money Online Groups for Women. Sharon, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you here today. Great to be here. As part of this experience, just like we've done in the past two episodes, I'd love the WSource Network to hear a bit about you before we jump in. Um, It's a great way to start because you have been with me since the inception of this idea and really one of the catalysts to get this off the ground. Share with us a a little bit about how you became a member of the W Source. Yeah, I I feel like one of the birth mothers uh, of W Source. So it gives me a, it's, I I feel great pride in that and being sort of one of the, one of the founding, one of the founding members. So that um, happened when I had just uh, moved to Santa Barbara uh, just two years ago. Uh, one of my first referrals was to you, Hannah. So I showed up at your office, and your CEO happened to show up as well. And uh, just in the conversation that we had, I got so excited by your idea that had been rolling around for a while about the, the W source. And I just I could hardly stay in my seat. Um, I was I was so excited. So um, that was how I became involved, and I knew as soon as the W source became not just an idea but a real thing that uh, I, I wanted to show up, and I did, and I have been ever since. That's so great. It's so such a blessing to have you involved and have you there from the excitement. You know, it's like that test pilot where you pitch an idea and you hope that it takes off, and you were just thrilled with it. So that was the catalyst, really, for us to get up and running. Um, the second question I have for you, what is something you've learned since joining the W Source and being part of this fantastic network? Well, I, I think the primary thing that I've learned is that the way when you're going into a new environment, a new community, that you better find the um, smartest and the most welcoming um, women professionals um, that are in the area, and that's who you hang around with, and that's who you show up with, and that's who you uh, cross-referral with. And so that's what I learned. It's really why I understand the W source exists. So um, th- th- that's it. I'd, I'd, I'd say it works. Works that's for awesome. me. That's great. What's your favorite way to connect for your monthly one-on-one or connect with the W Source member, build a d- deeper relationship with them? Yeah, it's really pretty basic. Just uh, breakfast for those morning people like me, uh, coffee afternoon. Um, you know, it just 
but I like, even though I know some people do the beach walks and all those marvelous kinds of things, I like sitting in a place, looking eyeball to eyeball, and I just, I just find that just much more personal and much more workable um, for my style. And I also found out that it's just not the first one-on-one. It's the second one, and it's right. the third one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's true. I think the building of relationships, and now that we're our group's about 18 months in, we're finally starting to really get to know each other. So that's that's a great part. Well, I'll give the rest of the presentation to you without further ado. You've got a fantastic presentation for us today, and I'll let you take it from here. Okay. The first slide. And why is it crucial for us to speak up about money? Well, this webinar is really especially fascinating for me um, because all of you are W Source women. And um, you have most likely figured this out, um, how to speak up about money uh, at work and with your families. Uh, but since you're here, I mean, you're investing time today and you're curious, maybe looking for some reminders or ideas. And so my intention is to your ROIs to give you a deeper understanding of women and money, because that's really what um, fascinates and intrigues me most of all, keeps me going, and I say I'll never retire. Um, so a deeper understanding of women and money, what influences the way that we talk, and not just about money, but the way that we talk, and especially how that differs gender-wise, um, and how speaking up really impacts um, both our careers, our economic life, uh, and our personal relationships. So we all want information. We all want encouragement to do what serves us. Um, and as well as really, once we get clear on that, then we can be supportive and be an advocate for other women as well. So that's, um, that's where I'm always headed. And my guess is you, as successful business women, are also very, very much there and available um, for other women. So the way that I see um, this is that skillful money talk is required if we're going to be what I'm calling full participants in our work life and in our home life. So what does this full participation look like? Sound like? So I have some notes here. So. Um, it would be uh, our income and compensation really accurately reflects um, our experience and our skills and our contribution. So that should be all in alignment. That's being a full participant. Um, let's see what else. Oh, and what we know is that didn't happen overnight. Um, and so the, you must have learned sometime along the way, probably early on, how to be a good negotiator. Um, and you learn how to really get your point across uh, at meetings, and we'll really delve into that, have a lot of uh, thoughts for you in that arena. Because when we do show up, we're increasing our visibility and we're increasing our value in a work setting. Now, we're also looking at home and our family relationships. So being a full participant in our families means that you're having open and frequent money conversations and collaborative decision-making um, if you have a partner, a spouse, 
and all of us. Oh, hello. Okay, so I'm getting dings, and I don't know how to turn those notifications off. But if you hear that little sound, that's just um, that's just the world checking in with me. Um, so yeah, and for all of us attending to the generation below us, that means children, and above us, and that means the an older generation. They will sort of look at basically our parents and older family members. So, and there's a bigger picture uh, when we speak up for ourselves, and that is being a voice for others. So, getting from no voice, no presence, and no influence uh, to this full participation uh, that I described, and, and it's not easy, and I would say especially it's not easy for women. Um, but we figured out along the way uh, that our careers and our financial goals and the family relationships that we really want, it just can't happen unless we're clear about our money lives and what we need and what we want financially. So, and that really requires showing up and speaking up and finding our voice means that you uh, took risks and you must have a determination otherwise you wouldn't be as successful as you are and that you want to continue and grow and want to be and sometimes that's a bumpy road and sometimes it's a support that shows up just when we need it um, and maybe some luck and so we're going to um, give you a chance now to um, exercise your typing fingers and put information in the chat box. Um, and I would like for you to sort of think about and for a moment acknowledge those people who have been in your life who have been part of that support, maybe part of that luck. Um, that really moved you along so that you did have a voice and a presence and influence. Someone who encouraged you, what their role was. Anybody have any thoughts on that? If so, let's share that. Acknowledgement is just a very important part of us showing up and speaking up acknowledging those who have been supportive. And if nobody's showing up yet, Hannah, we can just go ahead and I'll chat along. And if uh, if you want to share anything that, that shows up, you let me know, okay? Yeah, it looks like a couple came through. I know for me, there's been a couple of series of women in my life, mostly, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of women, like mentors, um, friends for sure, business coaches, those are a couple of ones that have come through and I agree with. Right, good, great. Well, I, I, I know for me, um, when I did some speaking up that I remember specifically, um, and this is my, was at that time I, my managing director, and um, he was one that really helped me um, con continue to speak up because I asked him, something that I wanted to do with the firm and he said uh, no <laughs> and so I count him as a great support because that really launched me into uh, in, into another part of 
of my money experience and financial career that really served me very well. Um, so here we are, you know, we have sort of overcome the, uh, the, the no voice, no presence, no influence. Um, and yet we know that there are other working women who um, aren't as fortunate because they're really caught in the grip of the pay inequity. Um, and they lack upward mobility in their work and they have often have limited access uh, to benefits. And so I wanted to give you uh, an idea because we often hear about the, the 80s sense that women work on the dollar and I know there's all different ways to, to slice and dice that but let's just sort of stay with that. Um, that we are women workers are basically we have a 20% discount if you will um, on our income. And so over a 40 year career, a woman who is consistently 20% behind, there is $480,000, $480 that's not going to be in her retirement because she never earned it. And for me, having that actual dollar amount means much more than just the thought or the idea of or the metric of um, 80 cents on the dollar that men make. So um, that's especially daunting because the money has to last us uh, obviously through our lifetimes and we live longer than men, uh, you know, a, a mixed blessing. No, let's just say it's a blessing. And so what we know is for women who are under earners, that stress and financial vulnerability um, takes its toll. And it can keep women, as you know, in unhealthy and even abusive relationships. So figuring out how we can um, speak up more about money and take our role, um, our full role and be a full participant is a is a good thing. Now I'm going to very quickly give you, um, tell you about one of my favorite women. I'm going to talk about two of them today. And this is Dr. Amanda Foreman. And she did a, a BBC series a couple of years ago, I think 2014, and it's called The Ascent of Woman. And I highly recommend that you check it out. Um, four episodes, uh, if you have Netflix, there you go. Um, and I think all the episodes are pretty much available for free. Um, just Google it and you can find it. So the um, Ascent of Woman, I highly recommend it. And it goes, it takes us uh, back thousands and thousands of years. And uh, Dr. Amanda Foreman walks us through how women throughout the ages have fared. So it's not something you learned in your history books, but as all women, um, I think we just need to uh, to take a look at that. It's not something you, you saw in history books. So, you know, get out the popcorn and invite, have a, have a, have a party and, uh, and watching this, um, this documentary, I, I think it'd be great. And, you know, invite other genders too. Okay, there it is. Now we're gonna talk about what gets in the way of, of many talks. Um, and there's something that doesn't show up in this slide, but it, I wanna make sure I mention it because it's the, uh, the cloud or this air that we breathe and it's our, our overall cultural um, norm. And that is basically the 
money talk taboo. We are just taught that it is money is private and you're not supposed to talk about it. And that um, women, we really pay a high price when we adhere to that taboo. So let's start with, the, with your personal narrative. And most of us were just not raised in families where there was a really um, open, healthy, money, money conversations. Maybe some of you were. Great. Um, and where really positive money values were not only discussed and talked about, but were modeled. Uh, and more likely, at least according to the research, um, we were raised in families where money silence uh, was the trait. Or worse, even if there were charged um, arguments um, about money, um, and those early money experiences, they and the messages that we derive from them are really powerful. And here's something else that uh, that happened as we were growing up. Um, that's when we formed our gender speech patterns. And here's the second woman I want to talk about, other than Amanda Foreman is Deborah Tannen. Uh, she's a linguistics professor at Georgetown um, University. She wrote a book over 20 years ago called um, Nine to Five, Men and Women at Work. Well, that isn't quite right. Talking from nine to five, women uh, and men at work. And now she's written 15 books, but it's this book that has kept her going around the world um, talking about this book and the way that gender speech patterns are formed uh, when we're young. In fact, I just watched one of her um, programs on YouTube, on YouTube uh, last night. Great. So um, this is what she found. So she found that children prefer same-sex play. And, and, and so I, that may not surprise you too much. So if they have a choice, that's what they're doing. And so this is what goes on. So boys spend time play fighting, and they talk up what they're good at, and maybe they'll even have a game uh, where they play topping one another. That's fun for them. And there's also this implicit agreement that the winner or the leader that shows up is given the authority to tell other people what to do. Other other boys in his group, and they all agree to do it. So this is the roots of authority, the way that little boys work that out as boys. Are you quickly sort of taking that to boys become men? Now let's look at these little girls with their other, with their girlfriends. So they tend to talk in ways that downplay their authority completely opposite from those little boys. And they don't talk about what they're good at. Now, why don't they talk about what they're good at? Because if they do, they fear that they will be criticized and they'll be called, are you ready for this? Bossy. Yeah. So now let's leave that play group children because anyway, no, the girls become women, the boys become men. And let's look at the work culture. And that's where authority and status and power are really the rules of the game at work, right? And money 
is also right there aligned with that authority and money, power, and status. So do you see how boys, now men, have the tendency, and again, uh, Tannen says make sure this isn't every man, every woman, but there's the tendency. But the tendency for men to use the oppositional or the argumentative, argumentative stance to get things done. That's their style. Now, as girls, we downplayed authority. And so we tend to, let's see, I'm just in the same, I'm just looking at my notes here because I, this always just blows me away every time I think it or say it. Um, we tend to downplay our authority. And so what that means is that we're really socialized to sound less confident. Um, and speaking with authority and confidence can appear aggressive and out of character for women. And we know this with the presidential, you know, with the new candidates coming up in the last election, this is all just rings very true for me. And it's fascinating to sort of go back to see the, the roots of that. At least that is for me. I hope it's interesting um, for you as well, because it shows up at work and at home all the time, every day. So what that does, it puts women, of course, in a double bind, which I'm sure we've all experienced. Uh, so when it comes to money, which is closely aligned with that authority and power and status, uh, we see how much that women have to overcome just to be heard. So now what about our home culture? That's the third bullet point there. So um, the, the, the gender differences that we saw at work and as children, of course, it shows also up, um, at, at work. And so I hope that the information about gender differences and whatever else can, you can bring that into your home settings as well and to help those conversations um, go smoother, better, and more interesting, if you will, because of this information that you have. And I know that because I did a little survey at the last um, WSource meeting um, and found out that, uh, and I wasn't too surprised, that um, our WSource um, Santa Barbara chapter, the women don't feel any reluctance at home in talking about money. Um, with their spouse or partner if they're married. So there you go. You got that, but you know, you're good, but you can always get better. All of us can. Okay, let's take a look at the next slide. Speaking up and being a better businesswoman. So um, I wanted to let you know that, because uh, I'm always tapping into the resources of our, of our chapter. And this first bullet point was suggested by, by Christy Rothschild. And uh, she's an attorney. She specializes in employment law. So Christy suggested this would be a good uh, first bullet point. So um, I do what she says because she's smart, uh, a smart woman. Um, so she suggests that you do this, that you do this, this research. And um, I also have a friend and colleague who's an executive coach and also does uh, career management and support. 
And she also suggests that this is a really important thing to do. So let's tap into anybody who's um, ready to do a response here. How about a quick uh, yes or no question? Uh, do you keep an eye on pay structures and pay scales outside your firm? You keep the finger, your finger on the pulse of your profession. What's happening out there and all that. So any yeses or nos? While you're thinking about that, and maybe you might respond, um, I'm going to move on to the next um, element. And I'm just going to do a little time check here. Um, so to negotiate as though you're negotiating for a friend, and maybe, so since at least most of the women in our chapter have a formal pay structure, so they're not negotiating all the time, but maybe the rest of you listening are. Um, so this is um, from a fascinating study um, about uh, finding out why it is it that men are better negotiators than women. And what can we do about that? So this is a simulated uh, research where at a university where there were, well, I think postgraduates, um, where there were five rounds of negotiation and women, let's start with men, men at the end of that negotiation ended up with a beginning salary that was $7,000 more than women negotiated for because women um, quit early and as we say, they they left the money on the table. So they wanted to know, well, how can we help women be better negotiators? And they found a simple reason. All they needed to do was to say to these women, okay, now you're going into this negotiation process again, but this time you are negotiating not for yourself, but you're negotiating for a friend. And you know what happened? Yeah, they negotiated just as they were just as savvy and had negotiated for their that $7,000, sometimes more, sometimes a little bit less. But that was all that was needed to take care of that gap. Pretty brilliant. Uh, shine and participate at business meetings. Now, this doesn't directly uh, relate to money necessarily, uh, unless this is a budget meeting. But you know, anytime you are showing up and speaking up, that that uh, shows leadership and your contributions do even um, indirectly, most likely, um, lead to the success of the firm that you're with. Um, and so I'm gonna go through some uh, suggestions of how to shine at a business meeting. So prepare, prepare, yeah, yeah, you knew that. And instead of rushing to the meeting uh, with an armful of stuff, uh, you get there early and you arrive empty handed. And because you're not gonna take notes, what you're going to do, instead of looking down and taking notes, you're gonna look up and really connect with the people and do deep listening with what's going on at, the, at that meeting. Uh, you need to learn how to handle interruptions. And um, there's a lot of research about men interrupting uh, women at business meetings. And there's a, a great program for the Harvard Harvard Business uh, Review that I got a lot of this juicy information from. Um, and I was talking about this with my latest one-on-one -on -one with, with, with um, Lauren Weidman. 
and uh, she was smiling and said, well, you know, I'm the one who uh, was accused, not accused, but I've been told I'm an interrupter. So we had a good uh, laugh over that. And um, re remember, this is tendencies for speech patterns for men and for women. So leave room for, uh, for surprises there. And the last thing is one you won't like to hear about, uh, about business meetings, which is you stick around when they're over. Because often that discussion that goes on, um, there's like a, a, a compilation of what happened and you get a sense of sort of what's next and that really puts you ahead of the curve. So um, let's see if anybody wants to chime in um, to see if you have any tips or comments um, about being heard at a business meeting. And so you may be thinking about that. If you're not uh, responding about that, I hope you um, you'll maybe have that conversation with someone else in your in your office sometime. And I also I want Sharon, to acknowledge. Yeah, I was going to say mm -hmm. one of the things that really helps me, because um, uh -huh. all of my business partners are male in my financial advisor business, and it's not that they don't want to talk over me, but sometimes. Um, just by nature, they communicate in their own sort of language. I like to have the agenda ahead of time before a meeting and to cut, you know, that kind of falls into your prepare. But if I'm involved in creating the agenda and then maybe creating a spot for where I'm going to bring up what I want to bring up, that really helps a lot because then it's a set aside time. Absolutely. Brilliant. And if there's someone else, um, you know, major partner, whatever, who always runs the meeting and has the agenda, find out if you are on it. So that helps. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great one, Hannah. Thank you. And then last, uh, and it shouldn't be last, it could be first, uh, is to uh, review and maximize your retirement benefits. And really uh, take time to do that. We know you're busy and it may not be the most interesting thing for you to do, but Hannah and I know, right? and uh, all the other WSource women who are involved in finance uh, know how essential this is. So make sure that you make time for that. We're looking at family relationships here. So I'm gonna start with, I can't really uh, read the, um, the small print there, but I pretty much know what it says. It's about um, modeling responsible money uh, management. Uh, how about this, uh, with children, uh, age three. So I get to show you uh, one of my favorite books. All right. So it's uh, Make Your Kid a Money Genius by Beth. Uh, I guess you say her name, uh, Cobliner. I think she's from California, maybe Ohio. So uh, starting with three years old all the way um, through college. So um, I thought I'd just do really quickly some suggestions she has for preschoolers, because I think they're good ones for all of us. So um, when it comes to, to money, so it's good to wait, um, keep money in a safe place, uh, pitch into the family savings pot, and parents make sure that you really follow through with every promise, because that involves trust. So when you say to your daughter or your son, you save today, and that means Tomorrow, you can get what you want, or one of those tomorrows ahead. So that's that's the plug for starting with kids. And if you don't have kids of your own, maybe you have nieces or nephews or 
your neighbor has kids that you could uh, get to practice on. It would be great. So um, let's see what's next. Oh, oh, wait, one more thing about those kids. So you think when you were growing up, maybe um, there wasn't a lot of conversation in your family about, um, about money and support and help on how to manage it. And so isn't it different now? I mean, some years later, and the, answer, the research says, no, it's not. Parents are still not talking to their kids about money. I know WSORS moms, this is not you I'm talking about, but still, that, that's, what, that's what the research says. And there's enough of it to say that um, it's still tough for parents, and I think we might be able to figure this out, to, um, to talk about money uh, with, their, with their kids. So that's still going on, but what about parents that do talk about money with their kids? Is there a difference gender-wise? Are you ready for this? So parents will talk to boys more often about money than they will girls. And there's more here because they looked at allowances for girls and allowances for boys. And who do you think makes more? when it comes to allowances, right? The boys make more allowance money, make more money with their allowances than girls. And is there a difference? Are you ready for this? 50% difference with how, with, um, with the allowances that are, that are earned. And the girls have to spend more time earning their allowance than the boys and involves more housework. So I think this is the roots of pay inequity and for the way that we're often imbalanced when it comes to sharing housework um, with family. That's, I can really talk forever on that one. Okay, let's move to the next. So let's look at coupledom. 40% um, of couples um, report not talking about money at all before they were married. And that sort of a, could, can be a disaster um, waiting to happen. Um, okay, what else do we know here about couples? 40% did that one. Um, that couples who argue uh, once or once or more times a week uh, about money, there's a 30% chance that of increased divorce. Again, not too surprising. Um, luckily, uh, in the survey I did with our group, they, um, our WSORS women um, are not reluctant at all to talk to their uh, spouses, partners uh, about money. And so the research does show that um, couples who have frequent money conversations do report happier relationships. Now here's a big one, um, and I, Wish there was more time for this one, but it, I'm going to challenge um, each of you to really think about and anticipate um, what may be ahead for um, aging parents. Well, it is what's ahead for all of our aging parents. And you need to be right there. If, if you are going to be a caretaker and 60% of, um, of caretakers, of course, are women, even working women. So you need to know about your parents' uh, power of attorney, if they have one. If they don't, that's something to encourage their will, their beneficiaries. 
their health, um, their living will, or their uh, advanced health directive, very essential. And um, I know Kristen Badley, who, who is an estate planning attorney in our chapter, uh, gave a, a great talk with her spotlight, and that was just informative for all of us. And Kristen's a, a great resource. So if you don't have an estate planning attorney in your chapter, get one, because uh, this is an issue that I think should be um, on uh, important for all of us uh, to attend to. Um, so we can take a look at the next slide, and then we can probably finish up here. Um, so just some reminders. Um, list those business values. This is just good work to, to keep you positive about your contributions, uh, giving you some ideas about business meetings, and make sure that you're paying close attention to your retirement plan. And that's for work. How about home? That's the next slide. And uh, only you know the, the financial topics that, that you should be broaching uh, with people in your family. And if you're not married, if you're single, as I am, then there are other people that you are, um, that's important for you to have open, frequent conversations with. And then have the discussion and make sure that you, there are accountability, there's accountability built into um, to help move forward on, on whatever issue that is. There I am, airbrushed again. Ah, she looks good. Um, so this is my work. Uh, I do private sessions, small group facilitation, interactive workshops, and presentations. Um, and what I wanted to uh, talk about today was to, you see the little small groups, those little people clustered together uh, for small group facilitation. It says at the end there that I'm available uh, with to do on group, uh, groups with online groups. I've been talking about this forever, but I'm going to do online small groups of women money house meeting. I call them house meetings. Um, and I have been really doing the real house meetings um, really all over the country. Um, but I want to do this online. So I'm staking my claim here. I'm next quarter. Um, I'm going to be doing um, these online um, women and money groups. And boy, would I love to have some W source women uh, in my in my first groups. That would be great. So if that sounds interesting to you, um, good. Let me know. Uh, send me a, a whatever you know email or go to my website, themoneydance.com, and. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see what we can see what we can do together. It'd be great. That's all she wrote. That's all she said. And we're out of time. Oh, but now we have time for Q and A, just as we planned, right? Yeah. As Sharon mentioned, we'd like to open it up for Q and A. If you'd like to ask a question for myself or Sharon or anyone else on the line, uh, please feel free to use the Q and A section on your right-hand side of your screen. The first question we got was, what prompted your interest in giving presentations about women and money? Sharon. Okay. Um, well, I moved here just two, two years ago uh, from San Francisco. And um, it was for family reasons, which is always a good reason. Love is a good, uh, a, a good attractor. Um, 
And moving to a new place, I wanted to have a very full life, of course, professionally as well as socially in a new community um, and be a part uh, of my of my family. So I set out to meet all the um, professional that um, that I could, and I'm a, I'm a pretty good networker, so that meant um, a lot of them. Um, telling the, introducing myself, saying what I did as a money coach um, for women. And um, what I found out was as I talked more about my interest in, in this money talk taboo and how important it is for women to speak up about money, um, someone said, you know, I'm, I'm a member of a women's group, and, and I think this would be a really interesting program for them to um, to know about. So would you be willing to do that? And that was my first year here in Santa Barbara. So that was my first presentation, and it was on um, uh, speaking up, women and the money talk taboo, and, uh, and there was no looking back. So I just keep doing programs, which I, the presentations that I, I really love to do. Part of the way I introduce myself to Santa Barbara and the great response. Yeah. Sharon, I have a question. Um, I think a lot of the women in the W source can benefit from your expertise and your and your uh, knowledge from your other career path. Could you share a little bit about your professional experience and how that can help when people are making introductions directly to you for clients that are getting stuck on money conversations and I know for me as a financial advisor, the client we were able to sort of work together on, she just couldn't get past some of the visionary process in order to tell me where she wanted to go. And if you don't have a place to go, you can't create a financial plan. So I think for for other people, it'd be really helpful to understand your professional background because that provides um, some context on how you can understand and help. Right. So uh, finance is not my first career. Uh, that was education. Um, because um, long ago and far away in Indiana, um, basically my choices were professionally, you might guess this, uh, being a nurse or being a teacher. Um, didn't like blood so much, so I chose teaching. And that was a career that was um, so wonderful for me at, in so many ways. Um, but after a couple of decades and um, teaching in all different settings, including at, at the university, um, that um, I looked at my life and my oldest daughter was ready to go to college and I had a question that shifted everything, which was, um, what do I know least about that has caused me the most pain? And that happened to be ta-da, money, uh, which was very important for me. It was to have my daughter go to whatever school she wanted to go to, regardless of the of the cost. So that basically, I don't know why I didn't read a book, go to a seminar, but that took me into, I better figure that out. I'm midlife, so I better figure this out. And not just for me, I looked around at my women friends and other educators and other professional women. They didn't have any more of a clue than I did. So that's what took me right into, into finance, um, and I think probably I'm still the archetype of a, of a teacher, um, but it's financial education that gets me up every morning and, and intrigued. So during 30 years, I've uh, I've done a lot in the financial realm. I'm a certified financial planner, have been since 
since 92 and will always maintain that because they have that holistic look as Tana knows that is that is her work and I've done national uh, conferences for women um, so much but always in the back of my mind someday I'm going to do money coaching and so I founded a money dance about 12 years ago and um, it's my dream coming true that's great how does the W Wisdom webinar differ to the one we're having today with the other presentations that you're going to give? And I think this is the, t the last question we'll have. We can always forward these other questions to share and after. Sure. sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, what's different is that 80% of women uh, don't know how to speak up about money. And that's who I give presentations to. That's who becomes my private client. That's are the small groups that, that gather in living rooms. That's the 80%. Well, Guess what percentage the um, the W source women fall into? Not the 80%, because you already know, because you're tough, successful business professionals, you know how to speak up at work and you know how to speak up at home. So what what am I going to tell you? Don't already know? Well, even though we're good at something, we can always get better. So that's why this webinar is different from every other one that I've done and it sure was a lot of fun both preparing and and presenting thanks for the chance to do that of course that's that's great well that's all the time we have today if anyone would like to know more about this presentation and the money dance here's one of Sharon's marketing pieces that will be available for download after this call you're listening to the W wisdom series I'm Hannah Bushbaum I will see you next month have a great rest of your afternoon and thank you Sharon you bet take care Thank you. This, along with future episodes, is available for download at thewsource.com. You're listening to the W Wisdom Series. Have a great rest of your day.